This is Jordan Edwards, and this is the Business Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. Good afternoon, Nick Kumalatos. Nick is a, uh, a truly admirable guy. So you have such a long roster of things to list. Uh, I'll go in the order of importance to me personally. That would be uh, interesting. Go. Marine combat veteran uh, with MARSOC, Marine Special Operations Command, Marine Raider. Uh, you're an entrepreneur, business person, family man, philanthropist, and a great creative on YouTube, truly putting out some awesome content. The video quality is really high level. Looking forward to exploring that with you and talking about your journey. Um, and then this is certainly not in the order of importance, but I've been digging into your book over here, Excommunicated Warrior, and truly deep stuff. I mean, I read a lot, a lot, like a lot, a lot. And uh, this book, I'm only about halfway through, and then I just read the end, Your Keys to Happiness also, because I had to see what's going on in the end. But um, <laughs> there's more to unpack than we're going to get to in our a short allotted amount right. of time. right. But your story of leading the Marines and finding meaning and dealing with change and growth and adapting, and then your motto of always moving forward is something that resonates with me deeply. And I'm just really excited to talk to you. So please, if you wouldn't mind, uh, if you could build on my introduction and just tell me a little bit about your journey and anything yeah. you think that's important. Um, yeah, so I grew up, I uh, grew up in, you know, born in Florida and then I, I always make the joke that I, I, my mom was running away from the law and we moved all, literally all of the United States uh, up until yeah. teenage years and uh, then got into, um, and, which was great because that actually helped me out in the military getting used to just moving around all the time. Like I'm very, I'm very flexible when it comes to, you know, grabbing a bag and going. And a lot of that has to do with living that gypsy lifestyle as I was growing up. Um but yeah, then in and in my teenage years went ended up back in Florida and got in a ton of trouble. I mean, I'm like two two felony convictions by the time I was 13 years old. Um, like just absolutely just wrecked my my teenage years, which ended up giving me you know a lot of problems when I wanted to join the military. But uh, but ended up you know, and I made a video about that about how I joined the military and went from there. Uh, but did and I did in uh, 2000 I joined uh, the Marine Corps. And spent 12 years in the Marine Corps. Uh, half of that was with special operations. A good por other good portion of that was with uh, force reconnaissance, and and uh, ended up deploying all over the world: Southeast Asia, Iraq, Afghanistan, multiple times, and uh, Turkey. And uh, lived a very exciting 12-year career from 2000 to 2012. Yeah. And then after that, um, kind of where that book kind of picks up is me leaving special operations which I felt like I painted a very good picture of what that's like. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, you know, entering into the, to the private sector, uh, which, you know, leaving that time in the military, uh, you know, really, really high deployment wartime, uh, whether, regardless of whether you, you know, we classified as war or whatever it was that we were doing, um, we were constantly back and forth between Iraq and Afghanistan. And so majority of my career in the military was in a wartime environment. Um, and then leaving that to coming back to America and uh, living that lifestyle, it was, uh, it's quite a transition um, going from 300 miles an hour to 10 miles an hour. 
And um, so there was some there was some transitional stuff that I wrote about in the book. And uh, and that kind of led me to outlining these transitional steps that people go through. And the more I spoke and the more that I uh, the more that I spoke and the more that I, you know, met with more people and, and things like that kind of gave me this um, perception or gave me the ability to see that it really is not a veteran or military issue. It's a human being things that we all go through in chapters of our life. And uh, so, yeah, anyways, so that, that kind of led me to business and um, where I'm kind of at today. And then ultimately jujitsu. And ultimately jujitsu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I resonated deeply with in your book was the subject of change mm -hmm. and the way that you describe change and how dramatic it was on your life where you have a regimented lifestyle in the military. You compare it to almost as being as regimented as prison and yeah. the, every single part of your life is dealt with your food, everything taken care of, where you're going to sleep, where you're going to go, where, how are you going to get there? And then you come out and it's like, bye. Yes. <laughs> and you know, you, you building your life up from scratch and the, the absolute heartbreak. And I hope you don't mind me saying as part of the book, but like dealing with thoughts of suicide and like coming to the brink and building all the way back from that is something that I think is so beautiful. And my father, he's just, we're businessmen, you know, we never, no service under our belt of any kind. But when he, he was finishing his career and selling his first business, his father's family business that he built up from nothing, he told me the importance of making sure he had something next lined up. And that was something, that was one of the themes that you explore of, of you know, preparation and really thinking about it and helping all these veterans through the work you're doing. So first and foremost, thank you for your service. And I just think it's what you, you know, the essence of what you're doing is so beautiful and uh, just really, really grateful, like I said, to, to be able to talk to you. Uh, Mike, I have a question before we, we move any forward. Yeah. I, uh, I became like obsessive with these books about the Marines starting when I first watched the, the TV show Generation Kill on HBO. I don't know, whatever you think about that show, so, um, so real quick, that show is extremely accurate. Uh, a lot of the guys that were in that show were actually um, or a couple of the guys, two or three of the guys were actually the guys that actually did that in real life. And they brought them on. Uh, yeah. They brought them on to be onset advisories to either play a character or play their actual character. Yeah. Um, Rudy. Right. Rudy, uh, Rudy Rudy like, and there's really nobody who can play Rudy other than Rudy um, <laughs> in the world. So uh, so yeah, there was th that, that show was extremely accurate on a bunch of different levels and a lot of people liked it or disliked it for those reasons. But, um, but yeah, I think it's one of the best, uh, living case studies that you could watch on operating a business or an organization of any kind, the dynamics between the, the top-down leadership, how they communicate through the ranks, all the way down to the platoon level, executing orders, intent, the things that actually happen versus the things, the way it gets communicated up. I mean, I've never, ever, ever seen it better portrayed than that show. And I constantly try to use it. And it's, it's oftentimes lost on people because it's not a widely viewed show. Right. And the, one thing that you have to understand with that particular time in, in the military is we were coming out of, you know, Desert Storm, Desert Shield, right? Like 10 years prior to, you know, or, you know, whatever, however many years prior to that. 
Um, and then we, you know, we were essentially peacetime throughout the 90s. There was a couple little skirmishes here and there. But then you went into full scale war invasion. Um, so there was a big learning curve with our with the military of gear, equipment, what kind of what kind of fighting we were doing, uh, what the, the, the TTPs of the enemy was doing. So there was a lot of learning that was taking place and a lot of change was happening very drastically. And not all the time can people adapt as fast as the, the men doing it. So you kind of you, when you watch that, or, I mean, that's you're talking about that's the invasion the invasion of Iraq in 2003. So when you're watching that, people don't fully, they're like, oh, this is just the way it is. No, that was the way it was then based off of the the, the problem set that they had. And like, you, like I said, not everyone adapts as fast as the men on the ground actually in the vehicle doing the mission. Yeah, fantastic. Well, uh, I got to speak to John Donahar about this exact subject. And we, I, I, I so I read, um, first I read Generation Kill, and then one of the characters, Nate Fick, uh, yeah. I think he was a lieutenant in the book, he wrote a book called One Bullet Away. Mm -hmm. And then shortly after that, um, General Mattis wrote a book uh, called Call Sign Chaos. And so you're examining the same circumstances from three different perspectives. And I, I just, I love that. I really, as it relates to business and the lessons that you can learn from the military, it's I think that the best lessons, because you you guys were dealing with life and death. Here in my world, yeah. I'm dealing with fashion and real estate. You know, there's really not much at stake <laughs> except uh, maybe a dress too tight. <laughs> there's but, there's uh, still gambling uh, involved, just different stakes. <laughs> way different stakes. So, yeah. although they take it just as seriously, you wouldn't know <laughs> when there's a problem here, they take it as deadly seriously. Yes, but, I, uh, um, I'm very interested to know about your specific teams uh, in the Marines. You were in the Marine Special Operations Command. Yeah, um, was, um, so I, I spent time at uh, 2nd Force Reconnaissance Company. Um, and then I w went out to 3rd Recon Battalion and, and was in uh, three different platoons out there. Um, one of which was in, we went to Iraq in 06 and 07. And and then came back and was a platoon sergeant for a MU platoon and got them got them trained up and worked. And then um, came and then and at two, 2007, I moved over to special operations, which was second force. So the way that it worked was we were second force reconnaissance company. And in 2006, they rolled up the second force flag and then un, unreal, you know, veiled the uh, second Marine special operations battalion. And so the, you know, we kind of changed over from what it was until to Marine special operations command, which falls under SOCOM. Um, and so there was, that was the, that was the initial basis of, uh, Marines finally joining special operations and, uh, and, and I spent the rest of my career there until 2012. And the team that you were on, these are uh, special operators. Um, there's a level of creativity and problem solving that, uh, I think translates really well to business being since Marine in the front, you guys are you're operating in a way that lends itself really well to starting up businesses and running organizations and being super entrepreneurial. Um, you, you had all that experience, but when you left, it wasn't immediately clear. You, you knew no. you could do it, but it took quite some time. Can you maybe like I, talk? About I, I knew that I had the, 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 the gas to do it and I had the drive to do it, but I didn't fully understand. I didn't fully understand the how 
And, you know, special operations is great. And, and here's the here's the reasons why that it, what transpires is problem solving. Problem solving is probably the biggest, biggest takeaway from uh, being in that community and going into the entrepreneur world. And I wish I could get more people to understand this. Right. It's like all you're doing is solving problems. That's 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 business in a nutshell is you're just solving one problem after the other. And um, the, the other big takeaway, which I wrote in the book, is really operational planning. I had to take it from, OK, I'm planning a mission. I have a desired end state. What are my phase lines that I need to create to work backwards to where I'm where I'm standing right now, which maybe is just a whiteboard, a whiteboard and an idea, you know, but my end state is X, you know, launching a product on Amazon, making a million dollars, whatever it is. And then you need to create your phase lines. And, and once I realized that all it was, any business is nothing more than just a mission. It's an operational plan that I need to put phase lines and approach. Everything kind of clicked. And that's when things kind of started to roll. Now, doesn't mean that I didn't make a ton of mistakes and didn't have a ton of failure, but I had a process in which to drive. Yeah. Your, um, I guess, catchphrase is the best way to put it is uh, always moving forward. Always forward. I yeah. mean, that's it. You can't, I mean, you can't overcomplicate that. You can't, you can't, like, what happens if you, like, and I get Instagram messages all the time of, hey, this happened or this happened. And I'm like, okay. They're like, what do I do? Just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> like, do it again. Try again. Keep going forward. Why like, is it that these simple things are so difficult for some people to understand? Like, you know, if you're moving forward, you're, sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down, sometimes you're plateauing. Yeah. Why people are stuck? Is it so hard to, to get that moving forward mentality? And like, listen, you threw it on a t-shirt, but it's, it is so perfect to, to tell people, just keep going, man. You got this. It, you know, I think that it's, uh, I think people a lot of times, um, can, can get defeated. Right. And, and we've all been there. I've been defeated. I've lost, I've spent money where anybody that's in business has wasted money. Right. I've spent money in different things. I've had things fail. I've had things flop. Uh, I've had people come after me. Um, and there are plenty of reasons why, like I have the talents. I'm like, well, I would just, you know, I could just go get a six figure job based off, you know, I had one that was contracting, making X amount of dollars, you know, why don't I just go do that and not have the headache of, of all of this and, and just kind of throw in the towel and go over here. Um, you know, like we, I think we all get defeated. We all get unmotivated to where, you know, sometimes we just need that person, maybe a mentor, maybe a friend to say, yeah, preferably a mentor. Like if you, if you're in business and you don't have a business coach or if you're doing something and you don't have a coach in that thing, that's the, we can talk about this later, but that's probably one thing that you need to go find. But someone, even if it's somebody on Instagram to follow that you check in with every day and you, you just watch their video and go, okay, take a big breath. I fucked up. <laughs> Let's move forward. And, yep. and the difference between people who are successful and the people who are unsuccessful, the only difference is they just kept going. That's, That's right. it. They just kept going. That's true. And improving, I would add. Yeah. Trying. Right. What I love about you too is it gave me a technical framework for improvement. Not just showing up every day. Show up, learn a technique, 
practice technique, go live, try to do the technique, repeat. You know, and when I brought that, try to do the technique. <laughs> try to do multiple times. Yeah. Then the years go by, and you just keep doing it and keep doing yeah. it, and you just keep sharpening the sword and just keep moving. And every day, you just gotta show up. And when the whole this whole project came together, because year after year, the guys in my gym would come to me. They knew I was an entrepreneur. They knew I had many businesses, and they'd say, "I want to do. I want to start a t-shirt business. I want to." Uh, open a gym. I want to do this. And I said, do it. Just that's, that's start. Exactly right. like, do it. Yeah. That's it. I, they're like, well, I don't have funding. I'm talking to an investor. I'm doing this. And I did that when I was in college. I went to college. I wanted to start a t-shirt business. I did it. I got to get a bank account. I got to write a business plan. I had to do all these things. There was no business. One day my dad turns to me and he goes, what's up with your t-shirt business? I said, uh, I'm still trying to talk to the banker about a line of credit. He goes, listen, T-shirt business is easy. Make the T-shirt, sell the T-shirt. Everything else will come. <laughs> and so, you know, these now that's 15 years ago almost, and I now I get to tell that story over and over again of just do it, man. Like you're going to surprise yourself at how good you get if you give yourself credit. You know, some people they never give themselves credit. When my screensaver on the computer comes on, it, it, it says this: "It's all in the execution." Yeah. That's it. Absolutely. If you want to, if you got to do something that you have to execute that, you know, and, and one of the, one of the great stories that I love about, um, about tech or products in general is, uh, and this kind of goes with any product is the, like, like for instance, the, the iPhone, the very first iPhone. Um, I think it was just iPhone, right? Like iPhone, I think, what, iPhone one. Yeah, whatever. And, uh, was it perfect? No, it sucked. And there was tons of problems with it. Guess what they did? They made bazillions of dollars. <laughs> and then they improved it. That's true. Could, could they have sat there and go, it's not ready. Let's let's make it better so we don't have any complaints. No, they launched the damn thing, made a ton of money and then improved it. You know, so I talked to, you know, I talk to my people sometimes too. I'm like, is it, is it perfect? No. Can we fix it? Make it better? Sure. We need to launch it. Yeah. We need to launch it and we need to sell it. Like you said, we need to sell the t-shirt. That's right. Sell the t-shirt and then make a better t-shirt. And then eventually you're doing your own cut and sew, you're doing your own designs, you're picking yeah. your own fabrics, you know, but to get off the ground, you go buy a blank, you print the t-shirt, you sell the t-shirt. That's right. That's it. That's true. Speed and momentum are really powerful allies when you are trying to do business. If when I get started and go fast. I get the same questions all the time. Hey, I got a business idea. I got to do this. I'm like, just do it. Yeah. And then I say this, you need to execute your idea. Okay, you need to execute your idea, um, knowing you're probably gonna fail. Yeah. But that failure is going to lead you to the next idea or the or the next business that you're going to be successful in. But you'll never be successful unless you. If I told you right now, for you to be successful, you're going to have 15 failures. Yeah. But and the faster you can get those 15 failures, the faster you're going to be successful. So sure. you can you can either start failing now or you can just draw this process out for as long as you want. Fail fast and keep moving. Yep. It's uh it's, it's a really beautiful lesson and one that I love about jujitsu. It's um it's like trying to learn jujitsu and thinking you're never gonna tap. 
It's like, you're going to come in and I'm never going to tap. So, you know, and there are guys who just don't want to tap and they somehow, you know, stick around at a very low level for a very long time because they get positionally sound. They're super strong. They're very compact and they could be a five-year blue belt, you know. I was very fortunate to, you know, I say that, you know, of course now I feel like I'm always behind at everything. I feel like I'm behind at business and behind in jiu-jitsu and behind at everything. But that's my own mentality of trying to go forward, you know, as fast as possible. But I was fortunate in a way that I started my jiu-jitsu journey very late in life um, to where I didn't have that mentality. And I took it more of a um, strategic approach. If that makes any sense, makes uh, a lot of sense. You know, like I'm not like tapping. Like I got a, one of my best videos on YouTube is me getting submitted by a 15 year old girl. I saw that. Amazing, right? <laughs> yeah. And I even like I was like I told the team I was like we're labeling this Marine Raider gets submitted by a 15 year old girl because that's so what people are. Going- before before we put this podcast together and we I became aware of you and I became came into your orbit on social media. I had watched that video. You know, I had watched a bunch of your videos actually. Marine Raider versus Seal. Like I had seen a lot of your videos, and then you came into my orbit through uh, the, the most recent Gordon fight. Uh, yeah. And you know, it's it's just so interesting, like how the, how the worlds collide like that. But yeah, that video is is great. Also, I think like when you came into jujitsu, there's so much out there. There's so much content. So many. Yeah people on YouTube talking about it, masters, you know, John Donahar and Gordon and George St. Pierre and Joe Rogan and all these guys giving us so much information on how to get good at it. When I started doing jujitsu in 2009, YouTube was forbidden. You know, you, you could not go on YouTube. If you brought a YouTube technique and it was like, don't show me that guy, some random dude in, you know, St. Louis. It's like, we're learning the Henzo Gracie, the, the real stuff from this guy, this whiz John Donahar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's a different, it's a different world now. Um, yeah. I actually didn't, uh, interesting. I didn't, I didn't watch because of that. I didn't watch any videos for probably over a year. Wow. None. Wow. I, what, what brought and, you to jujitsu? So, uh, honestly, there was a, I had a teammate who was, um, I don't know. He's a, he's a freak of nature. He went in and and won um, the he won nationals in 2007, um, and I think he was maybe a year or two in and just became a prodigy. And uh, he was a teammate, and I used to roll with him. And I was I was I probably had 40 pounds on him, and it would have blown my mind that I literally could not do anything. I was basically either getting choked out. Or on my hands and knees with him smothering me, um, and I never really understood why it was so freaking difficult to manipulate this guy who's forty pounds lighter than me, and his control. So, you know, life. You know, I was he. He left the service. I I stayed in. You know, life gets. You know, that kind of job. Um, you know, with a family, it was just it was all encompassing, and, and it just wasn't a priority at the time. And it wasn't. I didn't really know much about it. And uh, but that's what stuck with me. And then later in life and business, there was, you know, and I, I talked to, I made a video about this. I just got to where my brother-in-law does it. Um, he had and been trying to get me on it for years, but I got to a place in my career where 
I wasn't uncomfortable anymore. Mm. And I needed something to make me uncomfortable. I, I strive in a, in a world. So I always create these challenges, right? Whether it's these marches or something or cutting weight or I always do something to make myself miserable. <laughs> I just find I find comfort in misery. And uh, hence the reason why you probably found me was one of the reasons was the uh, the the sixty the sixty sessions and thirty day challenge. Yeah. So training enough wasn't enough for me. I wanted to be more miserable, and uh, so I came. I, I I saw a challenge and, and and created my own out of that. Yeah. Do you mind if I pull that up while you're talking about it? Yeah. Um, go ahead. I think it's a great challenge. You have a uh, Greek heritage, if I'm not. Uh, I, I do. I do. That's from both your name and also I've seen you talk about it. And you have something called the Agogi Coaching Program. And if you have a 30-day challenge. Yeah, so we're in a 30-day challenge right now. Um, and the Gogi, Coach, the Gogi Coaching Program is, is it, it's set on, a, on some foundations of, of coaching. And um, basically, it's for men, predominantly men. We have some really alpha females in there that are crushing it. Um, but really, it's about how, how do you become the very best version of yourself? And so, so many times in, in life, we sacrifice ourselves, we're working hard, we're taking care of our families, we're taking care of our kids, um, but we put ourselves on the back burner. And you know what kills men? What's the, you know what the number one killer of men are? Heart disease. Heart disease and obesity. Yep. So how are we gonna be the servant to our family? How are we gonna be the protectors, the providers, the leaders, the teachers? You know, and what we like to say, the father figures, not the dad bods, the father figures for our family when we put ourselves last. Um, so this program is to get men that have kind of fallen off the wagon of themselves and to make them their warrior self again through fitness and exercise and a, and a few other, you know, things like self-belief, um, things like discipline um, and then reminding them the why behind it all. And um, so that's been a very, uh, you know, we've been we've done very well with that. And we have an amazing group of people that are part of that tribe. And uh, that's been a very interesting business that we launched actually right around when COVID happened, um, which you see now the results from, you know, the 2020 lockdown is like a um, weight gain with 29 average, 29 pounds uh, of weight gain. Forty one percent of that is millennials. That was me. Um, yeah, that was me. You know, and I, there's no excuse for it. There's absolutely yeah. no excuse for it. And, you, and you, I'm sure you know that as well. There's no absolutely no excuse for it. Um, we allowed we allowed other people to tell us that that was an excuse. And uh, anyway, so we're you know actively trying to combat that with health and and fitness and exercise. So that's that's that that program is. But jujitsu. Um, so my friend started. I got health. I got you know worked in business a lot. And, uh, and then I told my wife that, you know, it was, it was time we, uh, I came off, I'm on HRT and have been since I left the service, uh, through multiple neurotic brain injuries and this and that. And if you're over 30, you need to get your blood tested period. Um, but, uh, we, I had to, I came off so that we could do IVF and have a kid cause I had a vasectomy back in 2007. And, um, I said, after this, I made the decision after this once. I get back on and I'm healthy and I can recover and things like that. Uh, I'm going to start. And man, the very first set, the very first, like I was 38 at the time and I'm literally 
and I and I said this in the video in one of the videos, a very good video that we made. I'm 38 years old. I wake up at 4:30 in the morning to go to this place that I know no one. Now, in my world, I'm the king of my world, right? I have a very small circle. I do business. I got employees. I got staff. You know, I'm like, I'm not really being pushed outside of my comfort zone to be. You know what I mean? To be yeah. honest, like, um, I'm the CEO of my company. I make videos on YouTube. I do some things in marketing. You know what I mean? I sell some things. Yeah. It, it's not that dangerous or, you know, it doesn't push me. Um, not like it used to when I first started. Right. So here I am, 5.30 in the morning, walking into a place at 38 years old where I know no one, not one friend. I don't know anybody there. Um, to essentially get your ass kicked as a grown man. Like you're what you walk in knowing these men are going to kick my ass for an hour and a half. <laughs> and then I'm going to show up again and do it the next day. And this is now just going to become a thing that I do. Yeah. Get up early, feel get my ass kicked. And, uh, <laughs> and man, I tell you what, they did not hold back. There's a couple of them. Uh, I love them all, but they're, they just, I was like fresh meat, man. And uh, it was almost like, let's see, let's see how hard we can put it on him and uh, either get him to quit and not show up or, and now it wasn't the instructors. It was definitely some of the guys in there. Some of the, you know, this, maybe the senior blue belts that were in there, just like, oh, let's smash this, let's smash this guy. And I was strong. And, uh, but you know how it is. It does not matter. No, it's, uh, I'm so happy you brought that up. And did you got those butterflies? You know, you got that, yeah. you put yourself the first in time in a long time. Yeah. Like that nervous, that, that nervous feeling, those butterflies, like, oh man, I'm sitting in the car. And now I remember I'm sitting in the, in the truck going, shit, am I doing this? All right, let's go get, um, let's go get my ass kicked. All right. I try to squeeze that emotion out of some other people on this podcast and ask them about that fear of walking in. And I haven't really gotten anybody else to relate to me on that. And one of the things that I love to do over the course of doing business, I'm in the, also in the commercial real estate business. I have properties in 10 states. And when I fly to Texas, when I fly to Kansas, Massachusetts, Florida, I go and I go and I train. Yeah. Actually, I go and I train at a place that I think we share in common, uh, Manny Soares, Carlson Gracie team down there. Yeah. So I, my parents live not far from there in Boca Raton, and that's one of the gyms I always go to. And man, even if I've been to a gym – and I'm going to a new gym with new people and new guys. I just get those butterflies and walk in and I'm like, who knows what I'm going to get? I might get like a spazzy young guy or, you know, gigantic. So this fear that you're discussing is so vital to be able to put yourself in those situations because that's what we were talking about. It just started, you know, if you're, yeah. it's, that's the you have to come. Uh, it's such a beautiful thing to put yourself in those situations and like to put yourself in those situations. So I'm really grateful you brought that up. Thank you. Well, what the, what the, what is that? But what does that accomplish? Right. People are like, okay, you have this fear, but what's the point of that? But the point of that is, is growth. That's right. That sweet spot of always kind of just, just pushing that envelope a little bit to where you have that little bit of fear. You have those butterflies. That means you're outside of your comfort zone. That means you are pushing the envelope to growth. And every single time that you push that means that you're growing just a little bit more. Absolutely. There's a, there's a really great YouTube video. It was like this 
Rabbi, Rabbi Torsky, I think was his name. And he talks about an anorexic hermit crab. Have you ever come across this video? No, I got to find it now. Basically like, you know, if a, if a crab, they only rent the shell, you know, they don't own the shell. They have to right. leave the shell to go find a bigger one when they grow. And if you never leave the shell, they stop growing. Mm -hmm. And so they, they become vulnerable when they take the leaf out of the shell and they have to go find a bigger shell. And that moment of growth is, is so key to becoming good at anything, but you get a good at jujitsu, getting good at business and starting yeah. new businesses. Um, it, it, it just, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. So let me, let me open up your website here for a second again, because I would love to talk to you about some of your businesses of which there are many. Where did it start? Was it the coaching? Was it the gym? Was it no. your you know, brand, Johnny, uh, Johnny, Johnny Slick? What was so your no. main business? It started, oh man, it started, if you go to, is it about? I don't think it's uh, on there anymore. About businesses. Yeah, man. It started with, jeez, uh, it started with um, survival and tactical systems. Okay. When I when I got out, when I got out, I thought that like anything, you do, you know, all your special operator. What you can do is shoot guns and train people. So I started my first business, survival and tactical systems, to train people on the range, tactics, security, things like that. Uh, and man, um, I call that my very first failure. Now, did I make money? Was it was it successful in different ways? Sure, but uh, I shut it. I eventually shut it down. Um, and it was not even so much that there was something wrong with it as it is. It was um, not even it wasn't where I wanted to be. Right. And but here's the thing. Here's the thing with that business. And I and I consider it a failure because we had benchmarks. We had things that we want to do. We wanted to open a compound, a training compound and, you know, do all these different things and never made it happen. I tried, flew all over the world, talked to everybody, tried to get money from investors, just failed. And, um, but this is the big lesson in that I would not be standing here talking to you. I would not have, the, I would not have Johnny slicks. I would not be on YouTube. I would not have my training business or my coaching business. If I did not start that business and fail at it and fail multiple the way times. It always is. Before yeah. I had my business, I had a big failure. It led right into it. It was a one day pivot. I was working on one thing. It was going down, but it, laid all the foundation and framework foundation and framework for my next thing. Exactly. And same thing with same thing with Johnny Slick. So everything that I did led to media and YouTube, which led me to Johnny Slick's. Um, and uh, that became uh, that. Yeah, that right. That business right there became a seven figure company in, in under three years. Wow. Fantastic. And I, I never would have this would not be in existence. This would not be in existence if I, um, this would not be in existence if I would never have started my first business and complete and utter failure, like complete and utter embarrassment failure, um, which I love talking about now because yeah, that's, great. that's the yellow brick road. That was the yellow brick road that led us to what we're doing today, which is just absolutely amazing. Um, Virtually all of the feedback I've gotten on this project, 98% or more thousands, maybe tens of thousands at this point of comments and messages has all been so positive. 
And the, the critics and people who hate I, I think you can never avoid them if you take a step out into the public light, which was my big yeah. fear in this, was that your project is pretentious. You talk about money. You talk. The, the beautiful thing about these long-form conversations is that you get to listen to people who are sharing the, how they got to where they got. And the most beautiful part is people who are willing to share the fact that they failed, willing to share the fact that they have serious mental problems in the past, have contemplated suicide, that they've had businesses that have failed. If you looked at my life from the outside looking in, all you would see are my large businesses, maybe my house, my car, smiling. I'm not a big social media person, so I'm not putting it out there, but that's all you would see. You wouldn't see the absolute struggle and heartbreak and the days during COVID when I thought I was losing everything. When and I've had anxiety and depression. And, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And so I think that it's such a blessing to have these conversations in public. And that's the beautiful part of social media and the beautiful part of YouTube and Instagram. And uh, I'm, I, I just love what you're putting out there. So that kind of brings me to my next question for you. Your, your production company, um, is called Robin Hood Pictures. Correct. That's kind of what we do. So that we we have that formed. So that anything. So what we do at Alexander Industries in that is we. So because we had all at one time we had more businesses than we did, and that formation that umbrella is what did all the marketing and commercials and everything for all the different all the different you know aspects of whatever it was was the gym when they had the gym. Uh, I don't know if you saw that, but we had a whole gym debacle during COVID. I did see that. I, I, I relate to you on that deeply. And we'll go back to that in a second. Yeah. So, so you know, we were doing that. We have, you know, a shipping. We had a coffee company. There was a bunch of stuff. So that really was the, you know, and then some of the adventure stuff that we've done in the past. Um, that was kind of what housed that. And as we grow, we want to really grow that thing, that thing as well instead of outsourcing our media because my wife has a film degree because now my my degrees are in in that as well and my master's is in business entertainment um it really is like if you want to drive a business and, and get somewhere it's marketing yeah like you have to market your business and yep. uh and you have to be able to tell that the, the why behind the business and that story to to get people to connect with it and uh once i learned that i really wanted to like triple down in that and uh, so that's the reason why we have all the you know heavy media component to everything that we do. It's a phenomenal case study. Um, you do it so well. It, I'm not kissing your ass. Like I, it's unbelievable. You really have a 360 integrated with your businesses, your persona, the marketing, the social. It's a anybody who wants to start can go take a look at what you're putting out there as a, as a guide to help them do it. The, the, uh, the biggest thing that you can do with people is, is just be real, show them the good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that a lot of times, and especially in these days with social media, you see all these people with, you know, Lamborghinis and this and private flights and all this, you know, and, and who knows if it's real, a lot of it's not. Um, but, and, but I get, it sets this expectation of what you think things are and they're really not. They're really not. It's a lot of it's a lot of work and a lot of struggle and long nights and, uh, you know, you know, trying to balance your family and try to balance everything that's going on in your life with just growth. And uh, I think what people crave is authenticity. I think what people crave is the real story. 
How is it really done? What's the real struggles behind it? Um, and I think if you can if you can impart that on people, you're going to have a bigger change with them because now they can relate because they're feeling the same thing. And yeah. they, they know, oh, wait, I feel that and he's feeling that. And this is the way we get it done. Now you've made a connection. It's it's amazing how new this is. And even as late as just a few years ago, I think like in the in the age of the early days of Instagram with creating a persona and creating the illusion, um, the authenticity really wasn't there. Now with the growth of YouTube and podcasting, uh, I think the real authentic self is coming out in people and yeah. they're seeing the true story of growth and hard work and like someone like yourself, maybe you never would have had a platform when you were coming out of the special operations community to be able to share the way that you have and touch a lot of lives and right. create, you know, different products and launch. Uh, it's, I'm really grateful for it. And I fought it tooth and nail for so long. I very famously quit Instagram in 2013 and said, I'm off social media. And then exactly what you just said is the reason why I came back because marketing is the next phase of our economy. You know, there's just a math, like if you're participating in what we're doing right now, you're participating in the next phase of our economy, which is, right. you know, gonna be based on decentralized finance, gonna be based on marketing, gonna be based on uh, large communities and local communities. One of the things that I like what you do is you have this Agogi program digitally, and then you also had, and I hope it's back open, your gym, is it? I shut it down. You shut it down, wow. Yeah. Well, you never that's, know. But that's for, that's not, that was also a business decision. That was not because I'm afraid of the man because I'm not. Yeah. Um, but no, one of my, my business mentors said, listen, it's a bandwidth issue. You've got these two things that are doing very, very well. You need to focus on these two things. Yeah. You know, stop fighting this. That's, that's, you know, marginally making money. Yeah. And focus on the things that are really making money. This is going to, and, and it comes down to bandwidth because at the end of the day, I am a father and a husband and there are, there are things that I need to do outside of work, Yeah, you know, and, and that's what it came down to. And so we kept it as a training facility for our staff, for our private members, but essentially it's not a business anymore. It's just, it's our training facility. Um, and pre COVID I would, it, this wouldn't even, this discussion wouldn't even happen because it was making its own money. I didn't really have to do much with it. Uh, it was part of the community. Um, but for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, Nick has a very popular, highly watched YouTube video of when the police came to shut down his gym. And I lived that exact same situation with one of my stores on Memorial Day weekend out in Stanton Beach on Long Island. And I had a police officer look me in the face and say, I'm going to arrest you. And you are the reason why we're going to have an outbreak. And I said, I'm only trying to keep my business open and follow the rules. You know, I'm trying to follow, you said the same words that came out of your mouth, came out of my mouth. I'm trying to follow the rules that the CDC put forward for us. That's it. I'm not trying to break anything. I'm not trying to do anything sneaky. Um, and you know, I'm, I've been a law abiding citizen. So it was, uh, it was, you still were, there's, he's, you're not, you weren't breaking any laws. There was a mandate. It's not a law. It wasn't voted on. Yeah. Um, you weren't breaking any laws and there's not, there's not, as far as I know, there's not one case that's gone to court that's been able to stand. Yeah. Um, because what statute are you going to, they're going to charge you with? Yeah. There's, there's no, there's no law being broken anyways. 
Yeah. Well, we don't have to dig too much into that. I'm, I'm really happy to hear you're doing well. And, uh, and your hair is short. I was watching yeah, some so, videos and you got the flow. <laughs> so after that thing with the incident with the, with law enforcement and then, uh, you know, media and things, I, you know, and I just wanted to live my life and, and, uh, and, and then all of that happened. So I was like, okay, well, a little bit more public eye in the way that I wanted to. And, you know, I just wanted to run my businesses, play with my family and make some money. And, uh, but you know what, now I've kind of, I've kind of dug it. Plus, uh, now that as much as I'm rolling, the long hair just doesn't, doesn't work. You know? <laughs> that, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was it. Nick, thank you so much for being a part of this project. And, uh, yeah. I, I got a lot of great stuff from you today. I hope I can call on you if I have to ever clarify some of this for the book, but uh, uh, I think it's I, probably going to take me a good year and a half to write this. My first book took two years and um, right after the baby comes, I'm having a baby any minute, probably any minute, now. any minute. It's amazing uh, that you made it this far in the podcast. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I, 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 any second I could get a phone call and I'm rushing. Um, I'm going to begin writing this book in June and uh, I'm really, really excited to have you as a contributor. Excellent. Well, I look forward to uh, actually linking up and getting some rolls in with you. Absolutely. Thanks, Nick.